You are listening to Making It in the Toy Industry, episode number 146. Welcome to Making It in the Toy Industry, a podcast for inventors and entrepreneurs like you. And now your host, Ajel Wade. Hey there, toy people, Ajel Wade here, and welcome back to another episode of the Toy Coach Podcast, Making It in the Toy Industry. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by thetoycoach.com. First, I want to say hello and welcome to you if you're a new listener to this podcast. Making It in the Toy Industry has been around for two years, helping listeners like you make it in the toy industry. Today, I want to give special attention to those of you who are either just getting started in the toy industry, maybe it's been a few years, or those of you who haven't started at all. Maybe you're on the outside, looking in, waiting for the perfect moment to dive in. Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about how you can stand out as a new toy creator when you do decide to dive in and get started in this industry. If the toy industry feels like a big, noisy place and you're not sure how you'll make an impact, this episode is for you. By the end of today's episode, you will learn four ways that you can stand out and be seen even as a new toy creator. I'll be presenting these topics and tips to you in the order that you might do them when you're first starting out. And for each standout tip, we'll get into why it works and some examples of toy creators who have actually put these things into action. Are you ready? Let's get started. First tip of the day to stand out when you are a new toy creator or new-ish toy creator is to use your non-toy expert knowledge. If you've been listening to this podcast for some time, or you've been to one of my master classes before, then you know that one of the terms I talk a lot about is zone of toy genius. Oh, By the way, right now I have a new free masterclass that still has a few time slots available, and it's called The Spookiest Mistakes New Toy and Game Creators Make. You can register for the next available time slot of that masterclass by heading over to learn.thetoycoach.com slash spooky. So hurry up. I'm only holding this masterclass three more times. Okay, let's dive back in. Again, Again, as I've said, if you've been listening to this podcast for some time, or you've heard one of my many masterclasses, then you, my friend, know that I talk about Zone of Toy Genius a lot. I've refined the concept over this past year to boil down to this. Your Zone of Toy Genius is where your passion meets your know-how, and your know-how is typically associated with your non-toy expert knowledge, that knowledge that you gather from either a hobby that you have and are passionate about, like building model cars, or the specific expert knowledge you gain when you have a full-time career outside of the toy industry. So let's say you're a software developer and you have specific knowledge around coding. Well, your non-toy expert knowledge is key for you to stand out as a new toy and game creator, and I really hope you don't forget that. 
Now, here's why this works. When new toy and game creators start from the outside of the toy industry and they come in trying to make it in the toy industry, they sometimes feel like a fish out of water. Every word or toy term feels so new. The product development process seems so daunting. They feel like they don't know enough to be in the rooms that they're in or talking to the major players in the industry. But what I see many of them forget is this, that they have something to offer that most likely no other long-term toy career people have, and that is their non-toy expert knowledge that they've gathered from either a serious hobby or their own non-toy career. Using your non-toy expert knowledge can often be translated into the industry to such depth and with such authenticity that someone who's just been focused on toys their whole career can't do without your help. That's why companies worldwide, not just toy companies, hire experts time to time to come in and consult on certain projects when elements of it fall outside of the realm of their normal business operations. So a toy company might have employees that are experts in doll design, plastics, and even manufacturing, pricing, probably toy marketing. But do they have a chemist on staff? Probably not. So I want to talk to you about a student of mine named Keisha. Keisha, who is actually a chemist, joined Toy Creators Academy with an incredible idea for a children's IP. When we first started working together, I could sense how nervous she was about her idea and how unsure she was if she had something special. In May of 2022, Keisha won the License This competition for that same IP that we worked on refining and pitching through her time in TCA. Are you curious what that IP is? Well, I want to tell you in her own words, so here's a description from her LinkedIn profile. What happens when chemistry meets cats? Explore the world of catoms. Join them on their adventures as they explore the universe, learn to use their superpowers, and solve problems with teamwork and real science. Catoms are characters that help kids learn chemistry through stories. It's edutainment in the form of books and cartoons. Now, if that idea sounds pretty cool to you, I've got to tell you the artwork of the characters is even better. But beyond the artwork, the thoughtful storylines and personalities that Keisha the chemist developed for her characters is what really brought them to life. And I believe what wholeheartedly attributed to her winning her License You award. It was her non-toy expert knowledge as a chemist and her love for cats that made this a really remarkable concept when combined. Okay, let's move on to the second way that you can stand out as a new toy or game creator, and that's borrowing contacts or relationships. When you're just starting out in toys, you start realizing how valuable contacts are. And not just contacts in the form of having an email, but contacts in the form of having an actual relationship. But how can you develop a relationship that really stands out to the important decision makers in the industry? Well, you can start out by borrowing them. So here's an example. There are organizations in the toy industry, one I talk about a lot is Women in Toys, and there are communities like the one that I've built inside of Toy Creators Academy. 
Both of these things, all of the other ones in the industry are all incredible launch pads for new creators because it gives you the opportunity within these communities to build your own internal group of like-minded creators who will support you by doing things like liking your Instagram product posts or your LinkedIn article posts, but also by joining a community like WIT or TCA, you are getting the chance to borrow a little bit of credibility to give yourself a leg up in the industry. Saying that you're a WIT member or a grad of Toy Creators Academy carries some credibility because of the work the organization has done to build up that name. So here's why it works. Communities are designed to uplift their members, right? So by joining a community in the toy industry, that is exactly what you can expect to happen. If you do the work and you engage in that community, you will be rewarded by connections and visibility. The amazing scenario that can happen for you as a new toy creator who is part of a community in the toy industry is this. You could be attending a Women in Toys networking event and find yourself eating and drinking with the head of a major media company in the toy industry. True story, it happened to me. Or you could be nervously fumbling through a pitch meeting only to discover that the person you're pitching to is also a member of that same organization that you're actively engaged in, maybe it's WIT, and boom, right there, your nerves go away because you found common ground and something to talk about beyond the dreaded small talk. Or imagine this, you might find yourself alone at an in-person toy industry event focused on honing your craft, but feeling a little bit out of place when suddenly you recognize a face from across the room, a face which up until then you'd only seen on group coaching calls inside of Toy Creators Academy. And then boom, you instantly feel more at home. You suddenly don't feel so alone or so out of place anymore. And that confidence will show in your body language. I saw it happen at the last WIT Empowerment Day in September as I met many TCA students and alumni, and I watched as they met each other for the first time in person. Now, aside from joining communities, there is another way you can borrow contacts, and that is by building partnerships with other companies or going into contract and hiring other companies. Now, one type of company you might want to work with is a toy distributor. Toy distributors take toys created by manufacturers, and their job is to get them placed in toy stores, sometimes online, sometimes retail. Now, typically, distributors handle everything from relationship building through sales to fulfillment through shipping. Now, although you'll need to pay a fee and likely a percentage, a distributor can open doors that you just had little to no chance of getting through alone. Depending on your contract with the distributor, you may be able to retain those new relationships after your contract with that distributor ends. Now here's why it works. Two of my star students, Chrissy and Trudy, both worked with a distributor to get their products out into the market. Because of working with a distributor, Trudy was able to take a lot of logistics work off of her plate and focus more on the aspects she loved the most about her brand, Ruby Ray Society. And that aspect was design. 
Being able to focus on design expanded the bandwidth and speed at which she could make new products while caring for her family and being a boss at her full-time job. Trudy is now able to focus on standing out through the design of her product instead of getting bogged down by logistics and slowing or reducing her impact on the toy industry. Now, my other student, Chrissy, got her game, The Lunchroom, into a major retailer, Barnes & Noble, when she started working with a distributor. Now, as you know, if you listened to last week's episode, getting that first retail placement is the hardest step. But Chrissy didn't stop there. With that initial placement, Chrissy was able to also get her product into camp stores. And today is a standout toy creator who is also nominated for a Taggy Award as a rising star due to her incredible success on her first few games in just a year. Now, if you want to see Chrissy or Trudy's games, head over to thetoycoach.com forward slash 146, where I'll add a link and a few photos so you can check those out. Now, let's keep it moving. We've got tip number three coming up next. Apply for toy awards. The third way that you can stand out as a new toy creator is to apply for some toy and game awards in this industry. Of course, you have to wait until after you've either manufactured a product or licensed an idea or done something notable in the industry. But if you need help getting those things done, you can always join me inside of Toy Creators Academy. Just visit toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more. Now, toy and game awards in the toy industry are incredible for two things. One, credibility and exposure, and two, internal motivation. Am I right? It is hard and expensive developing your own product or being an entrepreneur. And when you're doing that work, We all could use a little recognition now and again to keep us motivated. So toy awards are some of the most powerful ways to make that happen and to expedite credibility for your toy brand. Now, you can't always guarantee a win, though some toy awards are pay to play, but even a nomination for some of the most prestigious awards can garner attention for your toy brand. You know what? I should say will garner attention for your toy brand because they will. Now let's talk about why this works. To dive into why this works, I want to share a story of one of my OG students of Toy Creators Academy who joined when the program first opened, Brenda. Brenda has received 23 awards and media mentions for the game's released by her publishing company, Blue Ninja Studios, and she's gotten 23 awards since 2019. I've just got to stop here and cheer on Brenda because that is incredible. Brenda's awards include everything from making the Forbes list of 30 amazing board games not to miss in 2019, all the way to winning Game of the Year in the Preschool Games category by Creative Child Magazine. When Brenda started taking home award after award, she did what most people forget to do. She talked about it all on social media, and she really celebrated her wins. 
Brenda's site now has a media buzz section where you can see the details and link to every single award, gift guide, or media mention of her product. This is how you stand out in a noisy industry. You come with receipts. Not only did Brenda pop up on my feed as a winner when she shared her awards time and time again, and I'm sure she popped up on the feed of some other toy industry executives as well, but now every time she reaches out for a product feature or review, she has a list of reasons why the publication should listen. Now, the experience of being nominated for a toy award feels like you're on a roller coaster, for sure. I can tell you from experience, just take that nomination itself as a win. End it there. Do not sit by your inbox waiting to see if you're going to be crowned best of the best. Just by being nominated, you are already among the best, and just having that nomination is enough to put on your highlight reel or your media buzz page. The example of this I'd like to share is from one of my students, Misty, whose product line For Purpose Kids and the Global Kiddison Doll Collection was nominated for the Doll of the Year Toady Award, which many people call the Oscars of the toy industry. Now that nomination alone was a major achievement. Why is that? Because the organization that puts on the toadies, the Toy Association, promotes this award along with all of the nominees of it. They share the announcement of nominees with their email list, which I can only assume holds tens of thousands of toy contacts, and they push the story out to various media outlets. Now, even as a nominee, you are getting seen in the industry. Remember that. You're doing exactly what we set out to do at the top of this episode. By being nominated, you're standing out. The fourth and final way we'll cover today on how to be seen as a new toy or game creator in the toy industry is to share your toy story. Now, the first few years of your toy journey are the toughest, and because of that, they're likely the most interesting to write about and to read about. So if you're looking for a way to increase your visibility, consider sharing your toy story. There are a few people I know who have done this so well. Two of them are not TCA alumni, but they are such fantastic examples. I would be just remiss to not include them. So Marjorie Spittlenick, the CEO and founder of Little Rebels Plush Dolls, is kind of LinkedIn famous. MJ, as her friends call her, is a TEDx speaker, and she has just over 6,000 followers on LinkedIn. Marjorie's goal was never to gain followers on the platform, but it happened because she shared her story and people were interested in hearing the details of her toy journey. And I gotta say, Marjorie's really good at telling it. It's really clear why this approach works. If MJ posts a story of the process she had coming up with her idea or fighting for her brand, Little Rebels, and just one person in the toy industry takes interest in it enough to like it or to interact with that post, well, their entire network will be notified. Boom. That is instant visibility for Marjorie. Now, I found that most times when I talk with a friend in the industry about her brand, they'll say, 
oh yes, Little Rebels, I know that brand. And that previous knowledge of Marjorie's brand, that previous visibility makes the contact much more susceptible to hearing whatever sales pitch I might be offering them about the brand in our conversation. Now, the next person I've got to mention here is Connor Lewis, the creator of the Fort Project that raised over $3 million of on Kickstarter. Now, while Connor definitely got himself in over his head when he couldn't fulfill all of his orders on time or at cost, he did have a pretty boss marketing plan. Once he gathered enough emails of those people interested in his product, he started sharing his toy story. He did this inside of a Facebook group where he kept his interested customers aware of almost every step in the product development process. In my opinion, that was a brilliant idea to track his toy story and keep customers engaged and patient as he developed the goods. Now we all know there's a little bit of a history to Fort. Things didn't work out so well, but we've got to learn from the good lessons and the bad lessons in every toy story. Now the last person I want to mention here that did a great job of using their toy story to gain their visibility and stand out in the toy industry is a student of mine, Nicole Hawthorne and Terry Nichelle Bradley. Both of these women use their toy stories to gain media coverage. If you look up Jayla's heirlooms, you will see story after story about how the creator, Nicole Hawthorne, was inspired to create this doll line because she just couldn't find any heirloom dolls for her daughter that looked like her. And fellow student Terry Nichelle Bradley leveraged so leveraged local media to gain coverage and build visibility for her brand, Brown Toy Box, which offers positive, fun, and affirming toys. If you want to hear Nicole's story, I want to invite you to listen to episode 115 of this podcast, thetoycoach.com forward slash 115. And if you want to hear how Terry Nichelle Bradley raised visibility for her brand and gained funding for her toy business, listen to episode 55. She's brilliant. Also, uh, thetoycoach.com forward slash 55. Now, before I jump into the summary of today's episode, I'd like to take a quick break and give a shout out to Chrissy Fagerholt. We've got to say congratulations on your nomination. You are making your Toy Creators Academy family proud. If you haven't already voted in the taggies, I want to encourage you to give Chrissy a vote. She is up for Rising Star of the Year. Okay, here's our conclusion of what we learned today. We talked about four ways to stand out as a new toy and game creator when you're still making it in the toy industry. First, use your non-toy expert knowledge. What are you an expert in that most toy people aren't? Infuse that into what you create and you can be a standout toy creator. Two, apply for toy awards. Why? To increase your product's visibility and your credibility, because even a nomination deserves a spot on your media buzz section of your website. Three, share your toy story anywhere you can. Go on podcasts, be interviewed by websites, publications. This will serve as a unique way of marketing and can lead to new customers through your visibility. 
And finally, number four, borrow relationships or contacts by joining organizations like Women in Toys or communities like the one I built inside of Toy Creators Academy. You can also do this by working with other toy companies like a distributor. So let's talk about your action item to do next week. If you enjoy the way that I teach, I would love for you to join my masterclass so you can learn with me live in a meeting style Zoom call. So we'll see each other. Hopefully you'll come dressed up in costume. And if you want to register for that masterclass, head over to learn.thetoycoach.com forward slash spooky to get all signed up. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I know your time is valuable and that there are a ton of podcasts out there, so it truly means the world to me that you tune into this one. Until next week, I'll see you later, toy people. Thanks for listening to Making It in the Toy Industry podcast with Agile Wade. Head over to thetoycoach.com for more information, tips, and advice. Hey, are you an aspiring toy inventor or toy entrepreneur? Then you should check out Toy Creators Academy, the first of its kind online program designed to help you develop and pitch your toy ideas. Head over to toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more.